All right, welcome to a very special edition of the conversation. We're gonna do something unique here. We're gonna talk to two different candidates on the same program that are vying for the, the same seat. It is Maryland's fifth district and it is represented by Steny Hoyer. It is a solidly blue district, so there is no concern about a Republican winning this district at all. Steny Hoyer is the number two Democrat in the House. So well, what's the issue? The issue is he is very solidly on the corporate Democratic side of the ledger. So we have two progressives running against him. So we wanna see which progressive is the one that, of course, the voters, the audience, etc. Are going to back. So Hoyer is a very long time incumbent. It'll be difficult to defeat him. So we wanted to give both folks a chance here. So we're going to talk to Brianna Urbina and then later Michaela Wilkes. I'm urging everyone to please watch both interviews. So first, Brianna Urbina, welcome to the Young Turks. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely, a pleasure to have you here. Um, so, Brianna, I'm gonna ask you the same question that I'm gonna ask Michaela, which is uh, the number one question at hand. Uh, why should progressives back you? I feel that progressives should back me because I am the only person in this race who's ever really taken progressive actions in their life. I am a community organizer, a former public school teacher who taught special education. And I am a civil rights attorney. And in those experiences, I've had the opportunity to serve my community. I have been committed to this work, this work of social justice for more than 12 years. And I'll be committed to this work for the rest of my life. But I really wanna uplift the stories of the students that I couldn't help, the clients that I couldn't help. And those are the reasons why I decided to get into this race and why I think the progressive community should be looking at my experiences and determining who they're gonna support. So there's a couple of different components here, right? So there's some of the metrics that we'll get into in a second, groups supporting you, volunteers, etc. But but what I care even more about at this point, and I say that as a proxy for the people that are watching, is what your policy positions are, which I'm gonna to get to next, but let's start with, how do you plan on defeating Steny Hoyer? Because he is a very powerful Democrat and he does have a ton of money on his side. Yes, he has money, we have people, we have community. And we're gonna be tapped into the communities that are often neglected and ignored in, in, in campaigns. Almost 70,000 people have naturalized as to become American citizens in this district since Trump took office. That's 70,000 people who've never voted for Steny Hoyer, who've never had the opportunity to participate in a presidential primary. Those are doors we are knocking on. And they're not gonna be in the voter file or in the van in the way that uh, traditional candidates look. So they're not gonna have that voter history that makes them a, a sexy new voter um, to the Democratic Party and the DCCC. Those are the doors I'm knocking on. Last night, I was at my son's back to school night at his school, which is a predominantly immigrant community school. It was standing room only. These people are excited to participate in democracy. They're excited to participate in this community. And I'm gonna be engaging those folks and the other folks who have for, for too long did not feel they had a choice of who they could vote for. Steny Hoyer's been on our ballot for 52 years, if you count his time as a state senator. There's too many people that have been deprived of a meaningful choice. 
And I'm so excited to be able to offer them that. Okay, so let's talk about some of the metrics. Um, so I don't know which progressive groups have weighed in, if any, so far in this race. So are any of those groups backing you so far? I haven't earned, I, I do have an endorsement from an organization called Demand Universal Healthcare for All, duh, for all, which I think is a really cute and clever name. And they reached out to us to support us um, because we are a Medicare for All or Nothing uh, campaign. We have been really focused on knocking on doors, talking to voters one-on-one, -on -one, and not engaging outside groups as, as powerfully as um, as other candidates do, and that's their choice. Um, there's no, no no slight against anybody who's who's engaging more people to build a campaign. But we have not been in touch with very many groups. Um, it appears that groups oftentimes, outside groups, are looking to metrics like money to, to determine viability. And in my early talks with Justice Democrats, uh, one of the people I was working with told me, we look for candidates that should win, not candidates that could win. And so uh, I am a candidate who has the experience, the passion, the drive to win and serve my community. But we haven't gained a lot of the attention of the bigger groups yet uh, yeah. because we haven't raised the money or, or earned the media attention as other groups have have. Yeah, and I want the audience to understand something important, which is, um, Look, the fact that there are two progressives in this race challenging Hoyer in a primary is partly what's causing the groups to hesitate. Because, and so it's not a slight on either one of the candidates. It's just the reality of this particular race, and that's why we're having this conversation. So let's keep going. Brianna, is there any other metric you wanted the audience to know in terms of whether it's the number of small dollar donors? Uh, the uh, number of volunteers or, or anything else that gives us a sense of momentum? Sure, I think that, uh, well, getting to talk to you in the TYT Nation is, is really an honor. And that's showing that we're building momentum, that we've, that we've gained your attention and had the opportunity to engage the people who, you know, are the heart of the blue wave, the heart of this movement. Um, I am proud to, to be one of, one of many who wanna see a change and are working for that change. I, um, in terms of metrics, I mean, we raised more money in our first quarter as a campaign than any other challenger that Steny Oyer had ever faced in history in his 38 years in the House. So that is something that I was very, very proud of. We've encountered a lot of obstacles along the way. I am a, I work full time as an attorney right now. Last week I logged 68 hours at work. So uh, this campaign is is moving slowly and steadily. But I really want to redirect the attention to not, you know, the money or the or the or the amount of people working on our campaign and the outside attention. It's the it's the 16 year old kid who called me who told me he wanted to be a part of something. It's the the sheriff in Charles County who told me who called me to a meeting to ask me to fight for diversionary courts and funding for diversionary courts on the federal level. It's those stories who of the people who are reaching out to me as someone that they see is capable of speaking to these issues, of leading on these issues. Those the those are the, the reason why I'm running. That's the reason why I'm in this race. So. Right. Um, 
it's it's hard uh, when you're a campaign that's small, that's that's not corporate funded, that's working with small dollar donations. Our average our average donation is thirteen dollars. Yep. It's very, very challenging to get your message out. We've had media outlets tell us that they wouldn't publish any op-eds I wrote if they were not favorable to Sunny Hoyer. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm actually, we actually negotiated uh, an open letter to Sunny Hoyer with a, with a publication here in the state of Maryland. And they said, oh, yeah, we'd be happy to publish um, something on the Green New Deal for you. Just, you know, send it along. I submitted it and they said, this is too critical of Hoyer. Yeah. And I said, you expect me to be writing him a love letter? Like I'm running against him because he's yeah. not in favor of the Green New Deal and he has a terrible record on environment. Yeah, if you're not familiar with how the media works in this country, you might be stunned by the story Brianna just told you, but we are familiar with it. No, they they often, very, very often work to protect the incumbents and the, and the corporate wings of both Democratic and Republican Party. It's absurd, patently absurd. But Brianna, you're on here, so let's let's move to policy. So, yes. and you wouldn't be on here if you weren't a solid progressive. So, thank you. Okay, yeah, and so I have no doubts about that. But but tell us among the different progressive policy positions, which there are plenty of, what are your priorities? So my priorities have really been informed by the community in the House meetings we've held. The number one thing I hear over and over again, especially amongst Prince George's County residents, this district is huge. It's 1,500 square miles. And someone once cleverly said, if you know the state of Maryland, it goes from the University of Maryland to Steny Hoyer's door. It's a huge district that is completely gerrymandered to keep him in office. The thing that I hear from the bulk of residents in the district is a need for affordable housing. We are a, a, a district that is in direct proximity to Washington, D.C., and Washingtonians are being displaced at rates that are faster and faster every year. Public housing projects in Washington, D.C. have been closing. People are losing their vouchers. And what they're doing with their, with their vouchers is coming over to our county. And while I am more than happy to receive new Marylanders every day who want to come here and work and be a part of our community, we cannot sustain this level of growth. We don't have the large scale um, subsidized housing that we need. So there's a few different ways that I wanna approach this. Number one, we need to put a moratorium on the closure of public housing. The reason why um, various housing authorities say they need to close these units is because the, the housing is dilapidated. I couldn't agree more. So let's build new public housing so that people can stay in their communities and their communities of origin and continue to live where they want to live. Um, the second thing is, uh, during the austerity that happened during the recession, a lot of the home ownership opportunity programs were closed. I bought my house. My wife and I were making less than $70,000 a year when we bought our home. And we bought our home through a grant that HUD provided that we would have never been able to afford a home otherwise as two millennials. I owe more in student loans than this house is worth. And our mortgage is less than the rent I was paying for an apartment. So Millennials are the the largest group of voters, the largest group of of working people, and we need more access to affordable housing, whether it be um, subsidized for people who need that, and home home ownership opportunities, which should be available to to people um, across incomes. The last two issues that uh, that are coming up over and over again are climate and healthcare. Uh, we are a district that is in proximity to the water, and it is literally sheer luck that we haven't been destroyed by a hurricane. New Jersey has dealt with hurricanes. Florida has dealt with hurricanes. North Carolina has dealt with hurricanes. It is only a matter of time before a hurricane comes in and destroys our bay and destroys our state's economy. And Steny Hoyer's record, and you can look it up, 
is one of the worst in the state of our eight representatives on climate, on energy, on nuclear, and uh, was on the verge of not earning several endorsements from uh, major environmental groups because he has not been active on this issue. And people of Maryland deserve better. This community deserves better. Our economy deserves better. And then healthcare, this is a state, I right now currently a, a purchaser on the exchange where we have two different options for health insurance and they're comparatively priced and out of the reach of too many people. We have a, you know, as you know, Jenk, and you talk about all the time, you know, we have a, a sick care system. We don't have a health care system. And so uh, people talk to me all the time about the decisions they have to make for their children uh, in regards to being able to access health care, the decisions they have to make with their own lives, the work they have to miss in order to be able to to access care. And so um, that is something that I'm very passionate about, something I've personally experienced and something I'm hearing a lot in our house meetings. All right. I want to give everybody the links uh, for Brianna. It's urbinaforus.com. Uh, and you see the donation and volunteer links there. And obviously, it'll be down below when you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook. You can just click on them and, and get there. Uh, Brianna, I really want to thank you for coming on the Young Turks and making your kiss. Really appreciate it. And thank you for running, period, because uh, this is how we make change when people raise their hand and say, I'm going to do it. Thank you so much. Can I just add one more thing? Yes. Sure. So I, I really, you know, admire the work that you do, and you you have an audience of really informed, really enthused progressives that may never have heard of me before. But part of the reason you may not have heard of me is because I've been talking more about the people I've served than myself. For me, politics is personal. This is something that I really personally care about. This is something I'm really personally affected by, and I don't think I've told that story enough. If you want to engage with me and you click through to our website, contact us, come straight to me. I really need your support. I can't do this alone. So please check out our website. And if you feel moved, make a donation that is meaningful to you. Like I said, $13 is our lowest, is our, is our average contribution. And the only way we're going to do this is if our movement is big. It doesn't have to be high dollar. It costs $3,040 for us to knock on 35,000 doors. And that's our goal for the end of the month, to knock, to get that $3,000, to get right. to those $35,000. So I really appreciate the opportunity just to engage with you, Jenk. And um, I really, really hope that people can see my passion on these issues and, and just you know inquire about our experiences and what we're trying to do here in Maryland. All right, wonderful. Brianna Urbina running for Congress in Maryland's 5th District. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're gonna come right back and we're gonna to talk to Michaela Wilkes, who's also running the same race as another progressive challenger to Steny Hoare. All right, we're doing something unique today. We are talking to two different candidates running in Maryland's fifth district. They're both running against a Democratic incumbent and one of the most powerful ones in the country, Steny Hoyer, the number two Democrat in the House. Uh, the reason they're running against him is because he's a corporate Democrat. Uh, and of all days today, uh, Democratic leadership once again reaffirmed that they will not be doing Medicare for all. Uh, we've already spoken to Brianna Urbina. Now we're going to talk to Michaela Wilkes running in the 5th District. Michaela, welcome to the Young Turks. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. Thank you for coming on. So, Michaela, I, I'm going to ask you the same thing uh, I asked Brianna. Uh, the central question here. Uh, you're both progressive, solidly so. We're going to talk about policy priorities in a minute. But um, why should progressives back you? 
Well, um, I believe that progressives should back me because we need that firsthand experience in Congress. I feel as though I resonate with so many of our constituents. You know, I have academic knowledge of how legislation affects us, but I think it's also important to have those who are the closest, those who have been directly impacted to be a member of Congress, to represent us, someone who knows our struggles. Um, and I think that that's what makes me the perfect candidate for this race. I've lived in Maryland almost my entire life. I've lived in this district uh, for more than half of my life. Um, and I really feel like the voters can resonate with me. And I feel like I have the chance to make change. And I feel like I've already begun to gain the trust of our constituents here in this district. So how are you going to take on Steny Hoyer? He obviously has a lot of money and a lot of infrastructure support. And also in in a bizarre way in America, the media supports people who are already in power. So given those odds, what are your what's your strategy for taking him on? My strategy is to have a very strong, hard ground game. That is how we're going to beat Hoyer. We're going to beat him on the ground. We're going to beat him with the power of the people. You know, already this campaign has raised more money than any other challenger to Hoyer, past or current. And small dollar donations, we have continued to beat Steny Hoyer throughout this cycle uh, to this day. People are ready for change, and we're just going out into the community and talking to them and doing things that Hoyer won't do. So let's talk about those numbers a little bit. So you yes. mentioned you got more small dollar donors than Steny Hoyer. Can you give me a sense of what the numbers are? Yeah, so in quarter one, he raised $185 in small donors. <laughs> um, yeah, so like about less than 2% of his uh, contributions came from small donors, which I believe in, in quarter two, uh, we raised 50,000 altogether uh, in quarter one and quarter two. This campaign raised $50,000 with an average contribution of $20 per person. So let me stay on that for a second, Michaela, because uh, you're not a wealthy person. Uh, I read your background, right? And so, uh, and you know, and that's why we're uh, talking about small dollar donors here. Anyway, I don't care about big dollar donors. That all that tells me is basically corruption. Uh, yes, the, Sandy Hoyer takes a lot of money from basically corporate interests and their lobbyists. Uh, that doesn't impress me. It does the opposite, and and I think that the same goes obviously for our audience. So, uh, but raising fifty thousand dollars from small dollar donors is pretty impressive. How did you do that? Um, social media. <laughs> I mean, just social media, like pushing our agenda um, and also being on the ground, knocking on doors, calling, talking to people, gaining people's trust. I mean, and that's one of the advantages that I do have um, as one of the candidates in this race is because people trust me because I've been through the things that they've been through. You know, this campaign is based off of transparency. And I think that people appreciate that. And how about volunteers? Any numbers on that? Yeah, so uh, so far we have maybe a little over 40 volunteers. I think about 44 now or 45 volunteers. Okay, and uh, is that also through social media that you got those? Yes. Okay, and how about uh, endorsements? I, I know that it's hard in a race where you've got two progressives running against a, an established uh, Democrat. Any endorsements on your ledger? Yeah, so actually last week we were just added to the slate of brand new Congress. Okay, so for people who are not familiar, brand new Congress and, and just Democrats were 
basically the same group and then we split up, but they're a wonderful organization and a lot of the same folks that who, who worked on that and also helped AOC and, and the others win. So, okay, that's interesting. So let's go to policy. Now, you're solidly progressive, so is your opponent. I don't mean Steny Hoyer, but I mean Brianna. So let's talk about your priorities. Out of the different progressive policies, which ones are your priorities? So my priorities are criminal justice reform, Medicare for all, Green New Deal, and also affordable housing. So why those ones? Well, our criminal justice system, for one, needs a complete overhaul. I mean, the systemic racism, criminalizing poverty, and just people for life happening to them should not be happening. We shouldn't have people who are clearly, you know, addicted. They have that have substance abuse, incarcerated. You know, me myself have been incarcerated for driving on a suspended license for. Something so simple as not being able to pay a parking, to be able to pay traffic tickets, which is a huge issue. Medicare for all is absolutely something that should have been passed, something that has should been supported by um, our current representative, but it's not. Healthcare is a human right, and it should not determine your healthcare should not be determined by if you can afford to pay for it or if you are employed and that's what's happening uh, because even though people are insured you know they're underinsured myself for instance after I pay my entire deductible um, I'm only 20% covered you know 123 people are dying each day due to lack of health insurance we should absolutely be betting, uh, should be backing Medicare for all especially in a district as deep as ours. The Green New Deal, another thing that we we should be supporting, especially as Marylanders, because we pride ourselves in our environmentalism. We also have coastal communities in our district. I mean, and the Green New Deal to me is just absolutely amazing. It's getting us to 100% renewable energy while at the same time simultaneously creating economic sustainability and essentially ending poverty, which is absolutely important. And I support affordable housing. I mean, because housing is also a human right. No one in no one in America, which is the richest nation, should have to sleep outside like so many of my friends have to do. And it's not even because all of them don't have jobs. We have people who are homeless here in our district who work, but the cost of housing is too high. Okay, so if a mainstream media reporter came to you and said, well, Steny Hoyer is, in their opinion, solidly liberal. And and he just thinks that there's a more moderate approach and that you know, you should go towards fighting climate change, but a little bit more incrementally because otherwise it's too impractical. And Medicare for all, we're not quite ready. We have to improve upon Obamacare, et cetera. These are the positions of Steny Hoyer. How would you respond to that? I feel like a moderate response to these issues is accepting middle ground on these issues, which is absolutely unacceptable, especially for someone who's supposed to be a Democrat, for someone who's supposed to be looking out for our interests. It's unacceptable. There is no moderate way to deal with this. We have to go bold with it. We have to do it full force because this is what's happening. We're already seeing the effects of climate change. People are already dying from not having health insurance or being underinsured. People are already unjustly incarcerated because of our criminal justice system, which I might add that Steny Hoyer actually pushed for not only the 1994 crime bill, but the 1982 crime bill, the 1984 crime bill, the 1986 crime bill, and the 1988 crime bill. This is 
someone who has been pushing against us from the start and it's time to stop it. And that's why I'm trying to primary him now. Yeah, so do you think that he does a, an okay, a moderate job or a poor job of representing district? I think that I won't say that he there are things that he hasn't done that may, you know, that have benefited us. I feel like that he has been a middle ground congressional, that he's been a middle ground representative. Um, I, at this point in time, maybe back Maybe back when he first was in office, he may have been doing a moderate job. At this point, I think that he's quite honestly doing a poor job at representing the people in his district. Right, you mentioned criminal justice reform is one of your priorities. And you yeah. said you went through it. You actually went to jail for not paying traffic tickets? Yes. So walk us through that. What happened and what did you gain from that experience? Uh, so basically, you know, here in Maryland, I'm not sure how it is in, in other states, but here in Maryland, if you get if you get traffic tickets and you are unable to pay them, your license gets suspended, um, which is a jailable offense uh, here in Maryland, amongst other things that should not be. Uh, but when it happened to me, you know, I felt degraded, I felt dehumanized, I felt like I didn't matter. Um, you know, I went into the courtroom and I explained to the judge, you know, he asked. You know why can't you pay? You know why were you driving with your license suspended? You know your your privileges were you know not active. Why were you driving? And you know I would tell the judge, well I had to work. You know I have children. I have a home that I have to provide myself for. And you know how am I going to pay the traffic tickets if I don't go to work? You know um, common sense. Uh, but. I was ultimately given the the ultimatum of well, okay, you can pay a thousand dollars in fines and thirteen points in your license, or you could spend two nights in jail. At this point in time, I was about six months pregnant with my daughter. I had a high risk pregnancy because I had DVT, uh, which are blood clots behind each knee and one in my lung. Um, and unfortunately, I had to take the two nights in jail. Um, and it just it really made me see that this is a, a systemic issue. That needs to be changed um, because initially I wanted to, you know, I wanted to work in psychology to work with people who were in prison and work with people who were in juvenile detention centers, like I was when I was younger, and so that I can offer them that aspect of rehabilitation versus being exploited. But once I started going through this, I realized that this is a systemic issue, like it's bigger than the individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, uh, real quick, uh, why did you want to run for this uh, race? Because it's obviously very difficult to do, and and uh, certainly weren't going to get the backing of any of the uh, Democratic establishment. So why decide to go on this venture? I'm running because you know the urgency of the moment. Like so many people, like me, and so many people in my community have felt forgotten. You know, in the conversations that are being had in Congress, and I feel like that we're not properly represented. And I'm running because we need somebody who will look out for us instead of corporate interests, which is what we've been basically getting for the past almost 40 years. So the website is Michaela2020.com. Uh, obviously, we'll have the links to donate and volunteer down below. You can click on them, which is really easy to do. Uh, and in a sense, you know, I want you to check out both interviews if you can, please. Uh, and and you know, you can vote with your dollars, and you can vote by volunteering, uh, and and see which progressive you want to back against. Steny Hoyer. So I want to give you the same amount of time that Brianna had. So in essence, basically a closing statement, if you will, of, of, of why people should back you in this race. 
I think that people should back me because not only do I have academic knowledge of the way that legislation affects us, but I live through our struggles. I am one of us. I'm not fighting for us. I'm fighting with us. We need that firsthand experience in Congress. We need someone who's been directly impacted because for too long we've had people leading from the outside. It's time we lead from the inside out and I'm the candidate to do that. All right, Michaela Wilkes running in Maryland's 5th District against Steny Hoyer. Thank you so much for joining us on the Young Turks. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, now you guys get to decide. Make sure you check out both interviews. Make sure you check out the links. Go to their websites and make your choice. Thank you.